Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. Hey church, this morning as part of our new collection of talks, Fresh Humanity, we're going to be reading from the book of Ephesians. And chapter 1 verses 1 to 14 and I'm going to be reading to you in the NIV it says Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus the faithful in Christ Jesus grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavishes on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Thank you, Tim. What a portion of scripture. We're coming to stand together and we're going to pray. Gotta love some of those words like guarantee, lavish, you know, uh, uh, predestined, predestined, um, all of those things. Uh, it's a portion of scripture full of theology and it is deep. Um, but this morning we're going to start into this process of fresh humanity uh, and looking at this as our series. We're going to stand together. Where you're standing, whether you have a mask on or not, we can invite the Holy Spirit to come. And in this moment, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come, the guarantee, the seal, the one who comes and brings us into, the one who reminds us who we are, who leads us into truth, who changes us. Holy Spirit, would you come? It is our pleasure to know you, Holy Spirit. To bring us into truth today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please grab your seats. 
So we're kicking off this new series called Fresh Humanity. Um, we're going to unpack that. We're going to go through this letter of Ephesians. And we're going to be hanging around there, coming at it from different angles for uh, this next season. So I want to encourage you to just hang in and, and let's go through this together. What I want to say to you this morning before I start anything else is that Jesus Christ gives you an upgrade, okay? Do you want to receive that this morning? Jesus Christ gives you an upgrade. He brings us into something more. This fresh humanity, well, we can call it the church, but ultimately Jesus Christ died to bring together from all realms of the world, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, a humanity that would live and express his character on this earth because Jesus Christ gives you an upgrade. He changes everything about what you see and who you are. Jesus Christ gives you an upgrade. As I started this morning, it's this. Where you sit, and we're gonna, well, we've got a few seats loaded out behind us here. Where you sit changes your experience of how you live. Where you sit will change the experience of how you live. Now, we're gonna unpack that. It looks a bit like this for me. Um, I can't remember the year, but no, for me, my daughters were young and we, got, we went off to Disneyland, Florida. Uh, when we got there, one of the things everybody had said you got to get to was the Lion King stage show, knew you? You got to get and see a little bit of that. I can remember the queues. If you ever queued in Disney, it's like queues like nothing else. No, it's like, it seems acceptable to stand for two hours. Who knew? Uh, and you're standing there and it's all part of the experience. I can remember going in and it seemed like everybody in the park was in front of us. But whenever we got in, those who were stewarding, they managed to move us around and then all of a sudden we found ourselves on the front row, the front row of the Lion King stage show in Florida Disney. Now, for me, that's a little like a dream come true. I actually felt like I was part of the performance. No, I was in the show. I was that close. And we'll go through the whole process and you've got Zimba and you've got the... Yeah, somewhere in there, he just can't wait to be king. No, the circle of life and all of this. And then it comes to the end, the coronation, where the, uh, if you know it at all, know that the giraffes bow down, the, the zebras are, whatever zebras are doing, and the elephants are doing things with their long trunk things. Um, and in the middle of all of this, they wheel out Zimba, the king. And I can remember when you're in the front row, because where you're seated changes your experience. And in that moment, Zimba was like the coolest king ever created. Zimba was not just the king, but he was the king of the jungle. He was like, it was an incredible experience. But roll on a few years and Sharon and I heard that uh, the Lion King was playing in Board Gas Theatre in Dublin. Uh, it was a last minute thing. We tried to get some tickets. And the tickets that we got, well, they're the nosebleed section. No, it's, you're sort of up there somewhere. No, your vertigo kicks in. You sort of, if you're afraid of heights, you don't use these seats. And so we're up at the top, sort of looking down, like this weird, strange angle. And somewhere down there was the same show that we had experienced a few years ago in Disney World. But where you're seated changes your experience. And so all of a sudden we're up there, they go through the whole process, Simba can't wait to be king, no, and circle of life and all of those things. Uh, and then we get to this place where they wheel out, no, and Zimba is the king of the jungle, he is the, the coronation, all of those things. And genuinely, where we were seated, he didn't look like the king of the jungle, he looked like Garfield. He was so small. 
Because where you're seated will dictate your experience. And where we're gonna be seated, and we're getting to this morning, will ultimately dictate our experience of life and our experience of Jesus Christ and everything that he has done for us. This letter to Ephesians, no, chapters one to three are supposed to get us on our feet, excited, praising God with everything that we have. Oh, but we've got masks on and we have to sit down and that breaks my heart. Because this is a book of the Bible that if you read these three chapters, if you as a follower of Jesus Christ do not get excited about what has been spoken over your life, you need a health check. Like you need to check your pulse and check your salvation because it's like Jesus Christ had done all of these things. And then because he's done all of those things, then we choose to live in this way. It's theology. The word of God, the study of the word of God leads to doxology, the praise of God, and ultimately a lifestyle that we choose to live in the light of who he is and what he has done. A fresh humanity, a fresh way. Because this letter is not meant to just give us information. No, Ryan spoke so well in that last Sunday. This isn't just about information. It's about transformation. It's about bringing us to the person of Jesus Christ. And when we read through this letter particularly, it brings us to a place where we realize that Jesus Christ came, he kicked down every wall, he broke down every barrier, he built a bridge for everyone of every race, of every color, of every creed, person who loves academia and reading books, the person over here, well, I'm a little bit more practical and I like cars and engines, the person over here who's got a blended family and someone over here who's got a more traditional family. Well, Jesus came and he broke down all of the walls of division and brought all of humanity together into one new human, a fresh human, was to stand and express and live out the very character of the triune God on earth. That's a high bar and I need a drink. And we're coming. For anyone joining us online, that's my wife. It's okay. No social distancing in that arena. Just wanted to clarify that one. Every tribe, every tongue comes together. Fresh humanity. And it's summed up in this picture of Jew and Gentile. So we're going to take a seat because, well, where you sit dictates your experience of how you live. Before that, we're going to just remind ourselves of the context of the room that we're going to sit in. And Ephesians 1 to 14, it's one long verse. It's like this, verse three, Paul goes, praise God, And then he gets to verse 14, it's like, oh, food stops. Oh, commas, apostrophes, all of those things. It's like he forgets any sort of sense of language because he gets so caught up in praising God. When we look at this, we are reminded that it's Paul writing from prison. And I don't know about you, but I need some good news from lockdown. Yeah, I need somebody out there to tell me something good about this whole lockdown stuff, that the church of Jesus Christ can never be locked down because we have been brought into. You see, you can't hold back something that's already been let loose. And the church of Jesus Christ has been set completely free. When we read through this book, we remember that it's all about where heaven touches earth, that something has shifted, that heaven is no longer something that we can get to in the future or something that we can get to to escape from the present. 
But all of a sudden, because of Jesus, it's the place where you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, wake up every morning in this tension where we join with heaven and earth. Yes, we still feel the earthly stuff going on, but we have a hope in heaven that just raises us above all of those earthly things. Something's shifting and something is changing. These guys in Ephesus, Asia Minor, this where this letter would have circulated. They may have been living there, but that place did not set their standard. This is a little bit of the context. See, you and I may live in Belfast. Now, people join us online, you may live where you live. Join us in your position. But that's not where you're in. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, see, there's a whole lot of influences going on. There's political influences, there's pandemic influences, there's economic influences, there's peer group influences, there's family influences, influence upon influence upon influence. But they are not who set our standard today. You see, I may be in Belfast, but ultimately I am in Christ. I may be in a pandemic, but ultimately I am in Christ. I may be in an economic breakdown, but ultimately I am in Christ. I may have drama going on in my world, but ultimately I am not dictated to by the drama. I am dictated to by the fact that I find myself today in Belfast in Christ. And for these guys, that's what shaped their standard. You're gonna hear some things today. And it's important to always check the source. 2016, a phrase was created called fake news. I'm trying to remember some Trumpisms. No, he sort of says it and does weird things with his little hands. Um, fake news. And something happened, not just in the United States of America, but around the world, where people no longer trusted the source or really what we did, we aligned ourselves with the source that we wanted to trust. And that's what politicizing of anything becomes. What it is is say, we're on this side, therefore we'll trust that information. And why is this so important? It's like Paul knew that in every season, in every culture, there would be fake news. And he comes and he starts out with this letter and he says these words, Paul, and this, this is the bit we all skip by, you know, when we're reading the Bible. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Okay, that's nice, Paul, you're saying hello. No, Paul's saying so much more. Paul's saying this, God's will was to make me an apostle, a messenger of him to speak on his behalf and speak his words. Paul was saying this, that I'm not coming with my opinion. No, I wasn't listening to a few podcasts this week, checked in an elevation, no, like a little bit of this going on in here. And, no, he's not coming with his thoughts. He's coming speaking on behalf of God. Why does that matter? Because I'm gonna say some amazing things that Paul writes in this letter about who you are and who I am, about what Jesus Christ has done for us. And I don't want you to get home today with any doubt that what I'm saying is anything but truth from the very mouth of God. Because the source matters. I want us to open ourselves up to the work of the Spirit. See, Paul is celebrating God. Do you ever celebrate God? <laughs> He's celebrating God and the fulfillment of all God has promised. In life, we realize that sometimes what has been promised is often not the reality and not delivered. 
Now, to bring it down to something really simplistic, have you ever had that person say to you, you've got to eat there? You know, they give you the, the spiel. Stephen, went to this place. I know you like a little bit of steak. Best steaks in Belfast. You've got to go there. And they build up this expectation of what it's going to be like. And then when you get there, it's like, and there's something about life that can almost build us up for the fall. And Paul's building us up. And the question is, will we fall? Will it fall short? I was trying to think of something that was hyped in my life that, well, it lived up to the expectation and so much more. And we're on a bit of a Disney theme. And so at 19 years of age, I got to go to Disneyland, Florida. Now you might think, well, there you go, Stephen. But you gotta remember, I was 19, lived in Belfast. I'd been to Blackpool and I'd been to Salou. So I knew about Pleasure Beach and I knew about Barry's. That was the height of my expectation and experience. I'm going to Florida. People are saying to me, Stephen, honestly, it's like you're transported into a different world. Now, I was then and still am probably a bit of a closet Disney freak. You know, whenever we got married, Sharon and I, we had a Mickey Mouse themed wedding cake. I'm fr- We're live stream, aren't we? Oh. So we, some, some other, Sharon and Stephen, had a Mickey Mouse themed wedding cake. But everybody told me about this place. No, where the turkey legs are the size of small children. Where when you get there, the parade is just, oh, where magic kingdom is just magical. <laughs> where when you, when you get there, everything's playing, everything's good. And so I arrive, remember Blackpool, Salou, back in the day when Spain wasn't Spain of today, it was Spain of yesterday. And I get there and to my surprise, Mickey Mouse came to meet me at the door. Like me, the real Mickey Mouse. I, I came in through the door and the parade was in full swing. No way, look, Cinderella. Uh, and, and then you're, you're sitting there and everything's playing in the background, the food, the carnival. It's like you've been transported into some different world. And I am sitting there and I took my seat. Oh, and could you believe it? Just beside me was the full life-size, life-size cast of Walt Disney himself. And I am sitting back there in complete awe because where you're seated really does shape your experience. See, Paul is gonna tell us some things that live up to his promise and so much more. So we're gonna get into some seats. I'm gonna move this over here because we're live streaming and I want you guys to see my boots, okay? Nice boots. Okay, so what has been promised? Well, there's this Jewish nation that have been living and expecting and being promised a Messiah. A Messiah was gonna come and he wasn't just gonna forgive them from sins for once a year through sacrifice. He was gonna forgive them for sins forever. They were not just going to be, you no know, like Exodus where the angel of death passed over their door and for a moment they were safe from death. There was a Messiah was going to come who was going to keep them safe from death forever. They were looking for this promise and in their experience, it looked like what God had promised had fallen short. But if you're sitting out there today and you're thinking, God has promised you some things, I want to remind you that God always has a plan. 
It may look like there's a gap between what he's promised and the reality that you're living, but God has always got a plan and his plan is usually around Jesus Christ, his son. And so God had a plan and he sent his son, Jesus. And this is the walk-in moment. So why am I sitting on a seat? Well, I wanna sit in this seat and declare with Paul, and this, this is for you guys. I wanna declare, I am blessed. Anybody out there blessed this morning? Now, I, I, I wanna get a bit of excitement in the room and energy in the room, and, and I know you can't stand up, you can't, shout, well, you can't stand up and shout and sing and do all of those things. I've been to a few churches in the States, and they do this thing where, you know, if they're blessed, they sort of stand to their feet and clap. No, they, they get excited. They show some sort of interaction with what's going on on the platform. So if you're blessed this morning and blessed by God, I want you to stand to your feet and start to just clap your hands and worship to God. Okay, so where you're at. Now, a few of you are going, oh, what do you, what do you mean stand on my feet? Well, let's just celebrate God because I am blessed. Okay, so let's... Let's take our seats again, okay? So that's, that's like a, a practice run this morning because I am blessed. Here's what Paul writes in verse three. Praise be to God, because some of you were a wee bit reluctant to get up there, weren't you? It was like slow-mo sloth worship. It was lovely. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus. And that father language, where he's setting us up for some words about adoption and family who has blessed us, here it is. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every, he is listening in here, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So are you blessed? Well, he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ, not just some blessings, but every spiritual blessing? Has he blessed you with plenty of money in the bank? Has he blessed you with you know, all of these different things that we seek to be blessed by? No, no, no. So much more than that. Every spiritual blessing is ours. We are blessed, 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 and blessed. See, Paul wanted quickly to bring it down to this reality that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about you know, getting some ticket to heaven. It's not about escaping hell, but it's about wakening up every day with the awareness that we have access to every blessing in heaven. It's that place where heaven touches earth. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what you wake up to every day. That is your potential and that is your purpose. I love these words. These blessings in verse four that were planned before the foundation of the world. There was a moment that was chosen. There was a plan that was put in place. In fact, don't we say this? We executed a plan. All right, that's the language that we use. I think of that with Jesus. We executed the plan. we executed the Son of God. And he would come. And through his achievement on the cross, he would walk into the heavenly places and we could walk in with him. Here's the words I want you to think through this morning. 
that everything the Holy Spirit has access to, he wants to give to us. Every spiritual blessing. Think about that. Everything the Holy Spirit has access to, he wants to give it to us. Now are you blessed? I am blessed. Come on, I am blessed. Can you say that this morning? I am blessed. I'm gonna move over here and, well, that's that seat. Because where you sit, well, it changes your experience of how you live. I am chosen. And I'll be out here like the feeling of, well, I am chosen. I, I, I love the fact that I am chosen. And verse four, it says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. So what we get there is the purpose. He chose us ultimately so that we would live holy lives and just lives. But if we leave that bit out, what we read is this, he chose us in love. Just let that sink in for a moment. God chose us in love before the foundations of the world. Now God had chosen the people of Israel to work out his purposes. Now we know as followers of Jesus Christ, the walls are down, every tribe, tongue and nation have been brought together into one fresh humanity to live out and express the triune God on earth. Wow, that's amazing. Chosen by God. About three months ago, somebody said to me this, and if you've been listening in to any of the podcasts online, you'll get a bit of a flavor of this coming through my thinking. He said, Stephen, you're truly blessed if you get to die before you die. That sounds really Irish, doesn't it? No, you get to die before you die. And as I've started to think that through, what he was saying is this, that if you get to dodge the bullet, no, look death in the face, but not actually die. What happens is you start to live. Now, we've all seen it, haven't we? You know that guy who thought life was going to end soon? He gets a second chance and he's like in his 50s. Before you know it, skinny jeans, tattoos, living the dream. There's something about that facing death that wants you to live. Now, as I thought about this, I thought to myself, well, does everybody need to have a near-death experience in order to truly understand what it is to live? And then I started to look at the cross. What happens with the cross? Sometimes we look at the cross and we say, well, Jesus died for my sins. But we forget that Jesus died in our place. That we've all had a near-death experience. That when we look at the cross, we're supposed to be reminded that Jesus died for me in my place where I should have died, where I should have paid the price, where my sins should have taken me. He went on my behalf. And to the depth by which Jesus died on that cross for me, should the response be as followers of Jesus Christ should be worked out in the expression of how we live. Because Jesus paid it all he took my place, he died in my place and we should look at the cross with the understanding that we now get to live. We now get to live. How amazing is that that God has chosen us to live? We dodged the bullet. Come on church. 
We should be the most life-filled, going for God, living the dream people on the planet. Every day is a gift for us because Jesus Christ died in our place. I am chosen before the foundations of the world. Think of this. Before the first sunset, I was chosen. Before God said, ah, let's paint the sky blue, I was chosen. Before the first bird sung, I was chosen. Before the first note was struck, I was chosen in love. See, we all have these moments, don't we, where we think, does God still love me? Anybody out there? No, I can't see your faces through your masks, but you can wave your hand. Anybody have a day where you think, does God still love me? These are all amazing. These all are convinced. But what I love about this picture is this, that God looked into the future and he saw my every day. You know that night you had that you'd like to forget about in the morning after? God saw it. No, the the way you spoke to your wife, God saw it. You know the way your like kids spoke to their parents, or the, that thing you did you're ashamed of, or all of those things. God saw every day of your life, but He still chose you because He loves you. So there is never a day you can doubt that God loves you, but because he saw every day you would ever live and he still chose to love you. You're chosen and you are loved. And this is how I want to land this. I am chosen. You mattered to God before there was matter. Think about it. Before there was anything, He loved you. Whoa. That's a moment. So I am blessed and I am chosen. So what am I doing over here? Well, I have a family. I have a big brother called Jesus. Turns out he's pretty amazing. He has done so much for me. And in verse five, we read these words. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance to his goodwill and pleasure, or his pleasure and will. God has always wanted that close relationship where he is father and we are his children. I find that amazing. To the fatherless in the room, come on, you have the best dad in the world. He has adopted us. Whenever Moses was going before Pharaoh, remember the conversation, no, God, I I can't speak. I can't do all of these things. And he's working out his issues. No, it's good to know that people in the scriptures had lots of issues, no self-esteem. But when it comes to this moment, God says to Moses, I want you to go before Pharaoh. No, let my people go. No, you'll be familiar with the statement. But in Exodus 4, verse 2, he says, go before Pharaoh and say, let my sons go. God has always wanted his children. I have walked through the journey where some people have been, you know, trying to adopt a child. And I don't say these things lightly. It's a difficult journey. They have to be vetted, and rightly so. But they go into every aspect of their world. They look at their health. They look at their weight. Now, well, if you want to have a child, sorry, you're going to have to lose some weight. 
They go through all of this process and then they have the wait. Will it ever happen? I've been approved, but now I have to wait. But I have never seen parents that when they're handed their baby, go, the wait wasn't worth it. Because in that moment, all of the process and all of the pain, it's like, come on. And in Hebrews, we read that about Jesus. Jesus who went to the cross and he took it as joy, what was set before him. Because the joy was not that he was going to be persecuted. He was going to be crucified. He wasn't some sort of guy who was into like pain. But what he realized on the other side of the pain was his brothers and his sisters. On the other side of the pain was a family, a fresh humanity that we call the church. You see, when you get your kids, it's worth every bit of pain. And ultimately God would give us some so that he could have sons and daughters. You're thinking last year, praise God, I am blessed. Well, I want to say to you is this, I am redeemed. No, down here, I am blessed. I am chosen. Anybody in the room, like, let's get a bit excited about the fact I am blessed. Yeah, yeah, I am chosen before the earth. God saw every day you would ever live. Let's face it, I wouldn't have chosen you, but he did. He chose you. I am adopted. That's, that's, that is some sincere commitment because it gives me his name. It gives me his rights. It gives me responsibilities. I get to represent my father. Come on, that is, that is some commitment, even though he's seen every day that I would live. That, that is some graceful, what was the word? Poured out lavish grace right there. I am redeemed. It's one of those words that people go, yeah, yeah, redeemed high. I love to proclaim it. I can remember when I was a kid in church, his child and forever I am. Yeah, uh, sorry for that online. It happens sometimes that I break into song. Um, but what does it mean? <laughs> well, there was a girl who did Alpha at UT. And when she would tell her story about discovering that God loved her and had a plan for her, and she walked into that plan. She used to say, God rescued me. I loved it. No, in the middle of church with all of our church lingo and language, oh, I'm redeemed, brother. Uh, you know, it sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? She was rescued. See, she understood what it was to be redeemed, to be rescued. And not just simply rescued from, but rescued into. She was brought back into everything that God had for her before the foundations of the world. How amazing is that? See, to be redeemed is to be, it's that picture of the slave. And I want us to become the slave for a moment. The slave that's ripped out of their house in the middle of the night because they pay, they've got into debt that they cannot pay. And they're trailed out and they're brought into the courtyard in the middle of the town. And there they are sold into slavery to pay their debt. At that moment, they are a slave and they are owned by someone else. 
They're in the same marketplace where, well, they used to do their shopping. They used to walk by families and say hello. Their kids would have played with other people's kids. They would have, no, that was their life. But all of a sudden, they are exiled. Think about that. And then someone comes along and pays the price they couldn't pay so that they could receive all of the benefits. That sounds like lavish grace right there. Because we are redeemed. Okay. We're going to start to bring it around this morning. And we've got these chairs. And I know when people say these things to me, I, I, I for a moment think, that, that is amazing. Um, I am all of these things. I am blessed. I am chosen. I am adopted. I am redeemed. Come on. Like, no, in normal days, we should be on our feet getting a little bit of a celebration going on because of what God has done for us. But how do I know for sure? Well, in verses 13 to 14, we read these words. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The picture here is being engaged. I have three weddings in October. Check me out. I'm popular. Just, I'm not, I'm a pastor. That's what happens. Three weddings in October and each one of them have been rearranged. But even though the venue and date has moved, their commitment to each other has never changed. That's what it means to be guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. You see, our life may shift, things may change, but the Holy Spirit still guarantees our salvation. He still guarantees that I am blessed, I am chosen, I am adopted and I am redeemed. Nothing changes because he is the guarantee. So I look at me and ask, would I pass quality control to get into heaven? Probably not. No, the material here would go in the bin. But it's not me that justifies my position and standing. It's the Holy Spirit who guarantees me access to all of heaven's blessings. So am I blessed? Absolutely. And it will never change. Am I chosen 100% from the beginning of time God chose me? Am I adopted? Yes, I represent King Jesus on this earth. And am I redeemed? Oh, come on. I have been bought back. And I have received every benefit of his payment. It sounds a bit like lavish grace. You gotta love it, lavish. Whenever but church do you use the word lavish? I'm just gonna go up and paint the walls. I'm gonna lavish them with paint. Wait, what context do we use lavish? But I am qualified and certified by the Holy Spirit. Can I hear that this morning? You, what are you? I am qualified and I am certified by the Holy Spirit himself. 
okay, we've got all these chairs and this is the end. In Ephesians 2 verse 4 it says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Stop trying to work it out yourself. Stop trying to get there by yourself. It's by grace and lavish grace. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us. So it wasn't just some illustration. It is truth. God has seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. See, God takes all of this and sets it in a place above all earthly influences, above all pandemic, above all fear, above all what has gone on with my life. No, people in this room, I know you have battles ahead of you. You're walking through them in this moment, but see all of this stuff, It is higher than anything you're walking through. There is nothing that will come near you that will change who you are in Christ. And that is what keeps the people of God blessed, secure, living life, praising God. I may have no money in my pocket, but I am in Christ. I may have a car that breaks down every three miles, but my relationship with Jesus Christ will never break down because it is secure in the spirit. No, I I, I may have health issues, but Jesus has no issues with my health. Nothing separates us from him. So what's that look like? Well, it's a change of seat. Got all high, see what's happened, you see it? Going around a full circle, illustration. Now I'm in the high places. How does that change my world? Well, it's gonna change my experience of how I live. Because no matter what's coming at me, I am above it in Christ. I can find joy when my world's falling apart. I can know peace at war. I can feel secure when every foundation of my world is removed because I'm seated in him. God forgive us if we think the posture of praise is sitting in silence privately working out our relationship with God. That is not what Jesus died for. He has seated us above all things and access to all heavenly blessings. So we we tried it, didn't we? We tried the, well, we can't shout, we can't sing. No, these guys are gonna come and lead us in our last song. And we we tried uh, a little bit of excitement in the room. No, can you remember that moment? Uh, it, was a bit, it was a bit like this. Um, you always have one person who's like, yeah. And then you have, because I see it all, you have somebody looking going, oh, I'm going to have to get up, aren't I? Oh, 
no, like they're all getting up here. Oh, no. Oh, no, I, I'm feeling, no, we've hit that, that point, that pivot of no return. Uh, I'm just going to have to go with the flow. And then you're looking around, it's like some people, it's just like, like Stephen, do you not realize? I woke up at like 11 o'clock this morning and got to church for half 11. I am doing good just to be here. And you see different expressions. But I'm convinced that Jesus Christ and what he has done, if that doesn't move us to our feet, if that doesn't lift us in our lives, if that doesn't raise us in our pain, then we've missed everything. I am who he says I am, guaranteed and sealed by his spirit. I am blessed. Anybody blessed? I am blessed. I am chosen. I am adopted. Now, we're going to try this again. And honestly, I'd love to just get my phone out, record it, so you could all see just how slow we are to the game. Um, nobody can see this online. Really, to be honest, doesn't matter how quick you get up on your feet because God's not interested in your speed of feet, but your honesty of heart. We can't shout. We can't sing when we're on our feet. But you can make some noise with your hands. And I believe... Jesus deserves a bit of praise this morning. And so stand to your feet and let's just keep applauding him. Let's just keep these guys get around and lead us in a song. Let's praise him. Let's thank him because of what he has done. I am chosen. I am adopted. I am blessed. I am redeemed. I am guaranteed. I am seated above all, all, all heavenly realms. I have access to all, all heavenly blessings. I am blessed. Jesus, you deserve it all. Jesus, you are worthy of it all. Jesus, you deserve our praise. Jesus, you deserve our praise. You deserve our hearts. You deserve our lives. You deserve our Monday, our Tuesday, our Wednesday, our Thursday, our Friday, our Sunday, our every day. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. Every bit I have, every sweat I sweat, every word I speak, everything I have in my hand and in my heart, Lord God, you deserve it all. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. And then we'll sing. And I want to challenge you guys. Um, it's difficult when you're leading people with masks on. Now, there are some people who are joining us online and they're thinking, well, it's part of the reason why they haven't regathered yet. It's the thought of wearing a mask to your worship. But for those who are you know, listening in online, let's give a little bit of a shout here. Because anybody in this room know that we can worship him with our masks on, yeah? 
Come on, let, let them hear that. Let them hear that. Come on. That could have been better. Ryan just laughed there. Say, let them know. It's good to be together. Come on, let's raise our voices. Ryan, come on, let's raise your voice. Come on, Ryan, come on. <laughs> but when you're looking down there and you can see very little feedback of what's happening in this direction, it's challenging, isn't it? So what I want to challenge you guys is this, that the only person you're trying to please and honor in this moment is Jesus Christ. These guys don't matter. Because if you give him everything that he deserves, they'll, they'll go with you. Yeah, you know, they, these guys will go with you, I'll go with you. And so we're gonna sing this song and I, I want you to forget that anybody's here. Just Jesus. That's why we come to church. That's why we do this, Jesus. These masks don't matter. It's just Jesus. And so we're going to sing a song and then we're going to finish off. Ryan's going to finish off this morning, but just one, one person. For people joining us at home, now put your cup of tea down and stand up in your jammies and just, let's just worship. But let's not worship for anyone else but him. It's only him. It's only he that matters. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.